カスタイム今次の放送は晩による晩のための晩放送ポッドキャルチアポッドキャストでこの番組はブランドスパンダーやりくんの財布の敵を日程送りますスイッチオンワンツースリー電流火花が体を走る自動チェンジ機械だダークロボット迎え撃て人造人間機械だはい、皆さん、こんにちは。今日のトークグリフィックエピソードのファンホールズ、トークフルーズデイズ。はい、皆さん、こんにちは。Derek、Derek WC。I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined tonight by one of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, this is Justin. And we are here to again discuss another episode of the Android Kikaida, the live action tokusatsu series. We're actually here to discuss episode 8 Carmine Spider Menacing Blood Sucking Laughter, which is the title of the eighth episode. If we go to the Wikipedia title, it's actually kind of less wordy this time on the Wikipedia title. The Wikipedia title is actually Carmine Spider Laughs Early. And basically, the high level synopsis by August Rangone states In order to develop his evil formula, XR4, Professor Gill orders Carmine Spider to find a child with RH negative blood. And that's sort of the high level synopsis. And the other thing that I was going to mention is, of course, this episode does feature the evil villain Carmine Spider. And Carmine Spider actually does show up on the Kakaida the Animation in episode three, which is titled Stray Sheep. And that was basically, I, if you remember what it was, the finale of the episode basically sees Carmine Spider fighting with Kikaida atop Tokyo Tower and stuff like that. But it, it seemed to be like one of the first episodes on the animation where they do the whole, you know, you are my brother and you're murdering your brother thing, you know, and, and which seems to be something that they, you know, they took from the manga, but I don't think. Carmine Spider was actually ever in the manga. And he kind of looks like a. I don't know, it's weird. Carmine Spider in the anime kind of looked more like almost like a, a red bumblebee or something because he had all those like stripes on him and stuff. But do you, do you remember that episode at all, Justin? The one from the animation? No, not really. Like when you said Tokyo Tower, like I kind of remember that, but like. I don't really remember that episode that well. It was like, he, I mean, he didn't do much. I mean, he just kind of, he was running around. Like, there, I think the episode opens with, like, some lovers on Lover's Lane, and this guy's trying to get this girl to, like, take off her clothes and make out with him or something like that. And then Carmine Spider, like, webs up the car, and it actually, like, crushes the people inside the car and shit like that. And he's running around, like, webbing up people, and he, he's just trying to convince Kakaida, like, oh, dude, you're broken. Like, you're malfunctioning. You 
should come back and serve Dark. And Kakata's like, no, I'm not malfunctioning, dude. Like, you're crazy. And he ends up doing, like, the end on top of the Tokyo Tower. And I think, like, the top of it, like, collapses and stuff because of the fight was so intense or whatever and stuff like that but i mean there's not much to carmine spider in that episode per se other than he you know he, he it's kind of the same thing in here he uses lots of kind of webbing as his his offense type fighting style and stuff like that you know and it seems like in the case of the animation you know the webbing is so strong that it can like crush cars it can kind of kind of do all this heavy level type stuff but in the actual tokusatsu series we open up on a young boy who's walking home in the middle of the night and of course behind him coming down from a tree is the hideous carmine spider who is of course laughing and the boy is enveloped in basically some silly string but i guess it's supposed to be the spider webbing and of course he screams out for help he's like basket and of course, nobody comes to help the motherfucker. And like, Karma Spider just fucking laughs. And he's like, this boy's blood belongs to me. And then we go to like this abrupt fucking cut. And I was just like, oh, that poor kid's dead. Like, oh well, you know. And we abruptly cut to like a school during the daytime. And. Again, Carmine Spider is out to claim, like, another victim, who is a young boy named Kenichi, who looks like he's part of, like, the Japanese Boy Scouts and stuff. But luckily, his hottie Boombody teacher comes by to grab him so he can play with the other kids at recess, and this is before Carmine Spider can strike, but we do see that Carmine Spider is not deterred, and he basically is declaring... This boy's blood shall be mine! And we, we don't really know why he wants the blood. You know, maybe we think he's kind of like a, a spider vampire or something like that. And then there's another kind of abrupt cut where we're also with Hattori Hanpei. And then Mitsuku and Masaru are there. And they're all trying to find out about this monster who's been, you know, assaulting young children, basically. And Hattori is mentioning two the hottie boom body teacher in Kenichi that he can always call on his quote-unquote assistant, Kikaida. Of course, Masaru tells him, you know, Why you fucking lying? Why you always lying? You know, because he's like, dude, he's not your assistant. And besides, we don't know where Jiro is anyway. And they're actually like sort of trying to question Kenichi and the teacher, like, because they're trying to figure out, like, you know, who is this person that's assailing them and everything, and, like, just as the teacher's trying to sort of describe Carmine Spider to Hattori Hanpei, he actually, like, droops down behind <laughs> Hattori Hanpei, and, like, he's, he's, like, and then, like, you know, and it's just kind of, like, it, it's pretty comical. I mean, it's this funny scene, and then Hattori Hanpei is, like, busy smoking, and he's in, like, these army fatigues, so, like, it's, like, he's really trying to present this austere of, like, you know, the typical Hattori Hanpei, like, I'm, I'm a badass, I'm in charge, I know what's going on. And, of course, he turns around and starts screaming like a little girl, and Hattori Hanpei is being, like, covered in this, like, pink silly string, which is basically supposed to be representing Carmine Spider's, like, deadly webbing and stuff like that. And then, like, the, the hottie teacher basically is trying to stop Carmine Spider from biting on Kenichi and of course at that point he's like you damn woman you know you're always getting in my way 
and he attacks her with a spider thread, which is kind of reminds me of like when Spider-Man used to do his like spider string. Except for in this case, it's like spider thread, so it's this like big honking like rope that's supposed to represent like a, a spider web thread or something like that. And at that point, we are cutting to high atop these like stony school pillars, and of course we hear the cherry red guitar of justice. So we know Jiro has arrived to stop Carmine Spider, and he tells Carmine Spider to stop picking on the weak. He leaps down from this school top and severs the spider thread and he puts Carmine Spider on his ass. And I, I just thought I'd ask, like, like I like to do in all these episodes at this point. I mean, we've been talking about Carmine Spider for a little while now, but Justin, like, what, what's your take on the, the tokusatsu version of him? I mean, because it's not quite like the anime where he looks kind of like a, a spidery, like, almost like orange and black bumblebee or something. It's it's a little different. Like, he kind of has a cape, and he, he he has some spidery aspects. I mean, what what was your take on Carmine Spider? Yeah, I, I think he's kind of goofy-looking, too. And, like, for me, I think what it is, it's like his snout or his lips. It looks kind of like... It looks ape-like or something to me. Like, whenever I see him, so, like... When I see him, I, I, don't, I don't think spider. I'm thinking, like an ape with like spider legs or something and like the the cape makes him look kind of goofy i don't i don't know why but like you know kind of like blues kong like I, I can't take this guy seriously either i think i mean i i think just the fact that he's like like preying on children makes me take him seriously even if he looks goofy but i i can appreciate like what you know basically your take on just the the look of Karamine spider in the tokusatsu and stuff cuz like there are kind of like to, to me the stuff that's hard for me to take seriously is like when he's attacking these guys and clearly it's just like silly string and they're like <laughs> oh my god i'm dying you know and you're like dude it's just some fucking silly string you know that's one of my like favorite i guess like tropes in toku shows it's like you know, because the monsters, whether it's like, you know, some like uh, Shocker Cyborg and Kamen Rider or whatever, it's like they're always like shooting innocent people with like silly string that's like something else. Or it's like it's some kind of like white fluid that like it, it turns out to be acid. And I'm like, is that are they shooting milk out of these people or like, like I'm always kind of like, you know, I, I would like to know like what they're actually like shooting out sometimes because, you know, it's it's it's. It, it's a cheap effect, but I'm I'm just kind of like, what are they really shooting out of that? Like it has to be, it has to be something that's like, you know, for an actor, you're just like, okay, you're gonna like squirt the milk on me, I'm gonna die. Like I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I was younger and and making like Spider-Man Halloween costumes and stuff, like having those cans of silly string. That was always like my my spider webbing or something like that, you know, but it's like, it's one thing like when you're like, you know, 10 years old and you're like, I got spider webs. And it's another thing when it's like, you know, an actual like television show and it's supposed to be like spider webs and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it, it's like, I, I think the spider thread at least, you know, it it's, looks a little more threatening and soluble, you know, it's like, yeah. obviously like it's a very thick rope and everything. And that's what, that's what Carmine Spider tries to attack Jiro with, but of course he misses, and Jiro uses that opportunity to do the 3-2-1 change into Kakaida. And I, I thought they have a pretty decent face-off here. Like, they use some wire work, 
you know, and I guess, you know, depending on your TV screen and the HD level, like some of it's pretty obviously wire work. But I mean, for the most part, it's like a pretty good face off. It's a pretty decent fight. And eventually what results is that Kaida uses a double chop on Carmine Spider. And this actually like severs the pair of Carmine Spider's arms. And of course, at this point, he's screaming in agony. He flees, but he swears to return. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I guess the only reason why Kakaida doesn't kill his ass right there is because it's not the 22-minute mark of the show. <laughs> like, it's just like he lets him, like, run off or whatever. But I, I, I suppose the in-story reason is supposed to be that he's concerned about this boy, Kenichi, because it, it was like he was beginning to drain his blood, but the boy is not yet deceased. So, like, the other poor boy from, like, the first two minutes of the episode or whatever. And... Like, so he's checking on the boy, and at this point I thought maybe he was comatose or something like that. Like, I wasn't exactly sure what the problem was, but it looked like he wasn't obviously able to sort of stand up and walk around. He looked like he, you know, he had clearly been, you know, harmed by Carmine Spider and everything. And we're still sort of trying to touch on the ongoing narrative of Dr. Komoji and the fact that he's this amnesiac, lost, wandering man, kind of like Bill Bixby, I suppose, from episode to episode. And, like, I, all I could think of is, like, dude, like, because he's hiding out and he's he's looking on in secret at his daughter, his son, and his android creation, and he's having this thought, like, why, why do these people look so familiar to me? But all I could think of is, man, that is the thinnest fucking tree to hide behind ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody, nobody saw this guy. I mean, it's not like it's, like, a big redwood tree where, like, you know, you could clearly fit a whole body behind it. It's, like, one of these things, like, they just planted it, and it, it's got, like, you know, the, the tiniest, thinnest, tree string ever and it's like what you'd have to be i don't know like duck man or somebody to be able to hide behind it i mean it is yeah what what we never see is dr komyoji developed a special looney tunes ability for some of these like destructoids and he gave it to himself so he can like he can hide behind like a twig and it's cool nobody will see him awesome awesome so and 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 to be honest like this is the last time this is the first and last time we have anything to do with dr komoji so event pretty much the scene is pretty irrelevant to the overall plot of the episode other than reminding you oh yeah their dad's still alive their dad's still out there and he still doesn't remember shit about shit and they're gonna have to find him eventually but it won't be this episode because they never come back to him and then meanwhile we are cutting back to dark headquarters and we've got this shall we say domineering female scientist in dark glasses and a white lab outfit who's asking professor gill when he's going to find her younger brother and gill destroys one of his own dark destructoid guards in a fit of rage in response to the arrogance of this young woman. He basically is chastising her because every one of her RX formulas has been a failure. And he then turns the demands back to this lady doctor and asking, well, when is my XR4 formula going to be ready, woman? And then 
they, they kind of go into some expositional details talking about this formula, which apparently is going to turn the world's population into a bunch of dark zombies. I, I'm not sure how that works out for dark, but I guess being a dark zombie is better than being, you know, a regular zombie or whatever. But, and I guess the idea is the reason why Carmine Spider is running around attacking all these young children is that they are trying to procure a certain rare blood type from children that will facilitate this plan, and that is the RH negative blood type that they're trying to procure. And unfortunately, none of these children had the one in a million blood type, I guess. Like, I guess they have RH, I don't know, it's weird, like Kaida or Jiro later says they, they all have the RH negative blood type, but it's like a special variant of that blood type or something, I guess. So it's like this one in a million chance that a, a kid will have it. So I guess Dark is pinning like their entire plans for world conquest on the idea that they're going to find the one kid that has the special jackpot blood type or whatever. And, you know, I guess up to this point, all of this doctor lady's experiments have been failures and stuff. And at that point, this armless Carmine Spider's like, yo guys, I'm back. I totally got my ass whooped, like, but I'm here, you know, and everything. And, and then we cut back to, we cut back to Kenichi, who is pretty much, he's not comatose like I thought he was at the beginning, but he's, he's, he's actually more feverish, like, like, it looks like he's, he's awake and stuff, but he's, like, sweating, and, and he's basically, like, you know, very badly under the weather, basically, and you've got the whole gang, you know, it's, it's the, the hottie teacher lady, it's, Mitsuko and Masaru and Hattori Hanpei and Jiro, they're all sort of, you know, tending to this young boy and everything. You know, thankfully, Hattori Hanpei is not making out with his fucking steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. He's actually just karate chopping his car to get it to move. And then, you know, when the violence of him karate chopping the car kind of limply does not get the car to move, he decides that one of these severed arms from Carmine Spider that have pincers, he's like, I'm going to pinch you, car, if you don't start moving. He basically threatens it with one of these severed arms. And at that point, the arm then kind of like, you know, Tur from the Legion of Superheroes or whatever, the, the arm kind of flies off on its own of its own accord and actually pinches Hattori Hanpei and then basically like grabs him by the scruff of the neck or something like that and like basically starts dragging him down the street and at that point we are seeing that Kenichi is still back in the the school and he's feverish and he's calling out for his sister but then we get some more expositional details as we realize that Kenichi is actually an orphan and nobody actually knows where this sister he's calling out for actually is and Jiro at that point, being the hero of the show and pretty much knowing more than all the other simpletons on the show, basically points out, look, guys, Kenichi's blood type is this rare RH negative blood type, just like all these other kids who were abducted. And as he's explaining this, we can see the other severed arm, not the one that's dragging away Hattori Hanpei, but the other arm is actually like floating behind him, ready to strike. And Mitsuko sees this as she's walking through the door to, I guess, bring back like a towel or something like that for the kid. And she's like, look out. And of course, Jiro turns around and quickly just does this, Wap -ya! 
you know, and like like smacks the the floating arm away and everything, and it's like fuck this shit, like fuck you arm, you know, and it doesn't really do too much and everything. At this point, we are cutting back to the dark scientist woman, who is going by the name of Doctor X, and she's tending to Carmine Spider. And she's extracting the blood he's taken from all the kids, including Kenichi. And it's like, she she kind of like, it's weird, it's like she's a dentist, and she's like plucking out his teeth. And then inside each of the teeth, it's like there are these little capsules that are like filled with the blood types and stuff like that. And then Dr. X tells Professor Gill they've hit the RH negative jackpot with this one in a million sample and their plans for zombie world domination are actually going to be realized. Hattori Hanpei is trying not to be completely useless and ends up bringing in a doctor to look at Kenichi. The doctor is a female doctor and she recommends immediate hospitalization as the boy is poisoned. That's what she says. But Jiro, of course, isn't fooled because by coincidence, we've got an e evil female doctor working for Dark and all of a sudden, a female doctor shows up to take away this prized kid from their custody. And Jiro basically realizes that she's an agent of Dark because she tells him to put the boy in his sidecar. And he's like, how did you know I had a sidecar? I'm like, dude, I don't know, man, because it's big and fucking yellow and right outside. But I guess, you know, he's like, only somebody from Dark would know that I had a sidecar. And then Jiro rips off her pendant, which I thought was kind of cool because it's actually like this, like, spy camera, you know, that was like spying on them the whole time. And he actually starts like yelling at the, the security camera because he knows Professor Gill's listening. And he's like, why don't you, you know, like, fight fair, Gill? Like, fuck you, you know, or whatever. And he like destroys the, the, you know, kind of necklace, the, the pendant or whatever. It's actually like a video camera that's surveilling them and everything. And then, of course, we cut back to Gil doing, I think, what is Justin's favorite. He does the Onore Kakaida! You know, and he's like, you know, saying like, damn you, Kakaida, for like, destroying my surveillance pendant necklace or whatever. I'm curious, Justin, like, at this point, like, w what are your thoughts? Do you, do you agree with me that the teacher lady is like, super hot? Yeah, for once, like, I think Katori is, like, not totally useless. Like, I, I, I actually liked him in this episode, and, and he was, like, pretty funny, too. Yeah, yeah, he's funny, and he's he's trying. I mean, he, he doesn't always do the right thing, he, but but he has, some, he has some good intentions in this, you know, regardless of how they all turn out and stuff. He's not, he's not being a total mercenary or anything like that. And at that point, you know, when, when Gil does the Onore, we, we cut to a commercial... In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. 
This is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars Story, monthly at MyStarWarsStory.com. But when we come back from the break, Jiro is trying to force Dr. X to give Kenichi an antidote, but instead she pulls out a gun because she's evil! And it seems like she's also kind of like supposed to be a feminist or something with girl power because she does comment how Kikaida or Jiro has underestimated her because she's a woman. So it seems like she's got that kind of, you know, early 70s girl power. So look out, dudes, because she's she's got a gun and she's uh, in charge and stuff like that. And like Dr. X at that point starts talking about how Kanichi reminds her of her own lost little brother and how it's all poverty's fault that led her down to a road of evil and crime and stuff like that. And like it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, gee whiz, like, isn't it a coincidence that this kid is an orphan and is missing his older sister? And I'm an older sister missing her little brother. And she starts to actually, like, sort of put two and two together and goes, hmm, maybe this little boy is my lost little brother. And at that point, while she's contemplating that, Jiro does, like, this quick karate chop and knocks the gun out of her hand. And, of course, it's straight... It, it goes straight into Hattori Hanpei's care. And he's all kind of giddy that now he has the pistol and drop on this evil dark Dr. X lady. And at this point, the dark destructoid drones start shooting into the room, and Dr. X actually realizes they don't care if they hit her or not. And so, of course, she's pissed off about that. And then all these invading dark destructoid drones come in, and, uh, you know, they're coming in from all angles, and Jiro's fighting off one group, but then another group comes in from behind and also runs off with Dr. X. And, of course, since Dr. X is a true feminist, she lets them, like, punch her, like, straight in the face. And I was like, ow! Like, that looks like that hurts, man. I was like, you know, she just got, like, totally, like, in the face. And I was like, man. And, of course, Jiro, like, tries to fight those guys off and is like, are you okay? You know, she's like, okay, I'll be all right, you know, and stuff. But I was like, dude, they just they straight up, like, punched her in the fucking face. And I was like, ow. But anyway... I guess at this point, Hattori Hanpei kind of feels bad about having led Dr. X to Kenichi, and so his big plan is to actually take Kenichi away to, like, this hidden safe spot in the mountains that he has planned to take him to, to keep him away from Dark and, and the, the doctor lady and everything. And, of course, Jiro thinks that's kind of stupid, and, you know, the hottie school teacher's kind of like, look, like, it, it, I think it's okay because Kenichi's fever broke and it seemed like he was feeling better. But at that point, Dr. X kind of admits that that's probably an even worse sign because the idea is the minute the fever breaks, it'll sort of act like it's in remission. But then if they don't get this antidote to him within like the next 30 minutes, he's actually going to die. So now it's like this big race between Jiro and friends and Carmine Spider and all these Dark Destructoid bad guys to find Kenichi. And luckily, Jiro kind of picks up that, you know, Kenichi was this kind of Japanese Boy Scout, and he's left behind, like, this really 
complex like scout trail marker stuff so that they can track them you know and like all these little scout things like mean different stuff so it's kind of funny as they're like it's like it's like they're not really like going like like two or three feet from the next marker to the next marker but it kind of cracked me up where it's like they're in this like grassy field and it's like jiro's like that means wrong way so we have to go this way and then it's like and there's another and there's another and there's another and i'm like dude you haven't even gone like three feet and you found like it's like this boy is like like you know dying of like a fever or whatever but he's got time to like come up with all these like (laughs) complex markers and shit but i guess like that's you're just supposed to sort of accept that or whatever and like basically you know you can see like hattori and and kenichi are like desperately trying to make it to this secret mountain location but it looks like dark and carmine spider get the drop on them and stuff and so eventually like jiro and the the gang catch up to hattori and kenichi and everything and at this point you know carmine spider of course is newly armed you know he's got both his arms back and jiro has to fight against carmine spider and he's trying to like spider thread the antidote away from dr x so she she's got like the syringe that she's trying to inject kenichi with to to give him the antidote so he doesn't die and of course they're like you know, the, the spider thread is like, you know, this tug of war trying to pull the antidote away, which I, I, I mean, I guess because they're evil, you know, like I get that they're trying to keep the antidote away from this kid. But like, I was just kind of like, don't they need his blood? Yeah. Like, it'd be better if he didn't die. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just wasn't sure about that part of it because I just thought like, OK, I get that they're evil and they're trying to kill this kid. But like, it doesn't seem to work for their plan. Like, wouldn't you need him to make more of his blood? Like, if it's going to help you, like, take over the world. So I didn't... It's like I sort of didn't quite get that part of the plan exactly. Or if it just went... It went horribly awry at this point, And Carmine Spider's just like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm just going to let this kid die. <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't sure what was going on exactly. Because, like, towards the end, like... It's kind of like, like what we're always saying. Like, sometimes you have to go back and, like, watch watch scenes again to figure out like wait what what's going on here exactly like type thing at this point you know like you'd almost think you'd get through an entire episode without hearing it but of course at this point we are treated to professor gill's devil flute because professor gill's deciding to play it now while kakaida is in the middle of a fight with carmine spider or jiro is and and so of course he's he, he's he's holding his ears and he's falling down these like little enclosures and stuff like that and the explanation of why kakaida can change is is pretty obvious i mean they it, it's like carmine spider starts shooting out his pink silly string webbing to tie up jiro but it's going all around his head, and I guess the idea is the pink silly string blocks out the noise of the devil flute, so he can do the three-to-one change into Kakaida. And then what I also thought was kind of funny is like normally, like in a lot of these Tokusatsu shows, it's basically at this point it's all stock footage when they do the change. You know, they film it once, and then no matter where they are, you know, if they're in like a Amazon jungle or uh, a snowy Antarctic location or something like that. You know, once they cut to the stock footage of the transition, it's always the same. And Kakaida, usually Jiro is in front of like this blue background. He does the three, two, one change. And then, you know, he turns into Kakaida. And then, of course, you cut back to wherever they really are. 
you know, whatever location they're really in, and Kakaida jumps into the frame and is like, I'm transformed. But in this case, it was kind of interesting because for some of the scene, Jiro, like when he does the actual, when he puts his hand out and he puts his three fingers up to the camera and like lowers them one by one, uh, you know, signaling the the amount of time before he actually transforms. Like it's funny because in that shot, they act, it's not stock footage and his his head is actually covered in this stupid pink silly string, which I thought was was kind of funny because they don't normally reshoot that. Like I thought it was just going to cut to his face and he wouldn't have any string on it, but. In this case, he did. So yeah, I, I, I was expecting that too. So it it, it was a, a nice change. I guess they like you know spend an extra like ten dollars to film that or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was nice. Yeah, yeah. And and then at this point, you've got Kikaida fighting off these dark destructoid drones. Doctor X and Hattori Hanpei finally get a moment to actually deliver this antidote to Kenichi, so you figure he's okay while Kakaida's holding off these drones. There's more of that kind of cheerleader fighting, as I described it last episode, <laughs> where they the, the Dark Destructoids kind of like, you know, do the whole cheerleader pyramid thing and like jump on top of each other to fight Kakaida. There's also like some weird stuff where like, I mean, there's some fun fights where like you've got Kakaida in the center and there's like four or five drones like trying to fight with him at once. And like those are kind of fun. But what's funny is when he like knocks out like all five of them or whatever, it's like they actually do a jump cut where they just magically disappear. So it's kind of like they didn't have the money to do like the Buffy stabs a vampire and he dissipates or something it's just it'd be like Buffy stabbed a vampire and then there was like a jump cut and the vampire just like disappeared the minute she hit it with the stake so it's kind of like he hits all these destructoid guys they fall to the floor and then they just jump cut disappear basically is like how they they get rid of them or whatever like it's like I hit you so hard you jump cut it out of frame I, I was gonna say he hit them so hard that they vaporized yeah, yeah, totally. And 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 then what's even funnier is now he, he's trying to get onto the sidecar and Carmine Spider decides he's going to cover it in his Carmine Spider spider net. And, like, it, it looks like this is going to cause a problem for the sidecar. But it actually, like, again, it, it's this funny thing of these, these destructoid androids seem to use their powers and supposedly it's going to be to their advantage but it often seems like it's to their detriment because at this point like even though the spider net is all over the sidecar it also is still connected to carmine spider so there's this kind of comical scene of the sidecar running rings like going around in circles and it's actually tying up the Carmine Spider like suit actor in his own web, you know, basically, which I thought was kind of hilarious. And then, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of like your standard Kakaida like last moves for the end of the episode. He does the double chop, he then does the giant swing and tosses him away, and then he does the end and like basically destroys him. And, and at this point, he actually grabs, like, you know, clearly a dummy, but what is, you know, Carmine Spider's body, and he tosses his ass off a giant cliff, and, like, most of the ends of all these evil, dark androids, he basically explodes into a plethora of, like, watch parts and pieces and everything at the bottom of this cliff, 
and then we cut back to Dr. X, who we find out her name is Yura, all of a sudden, and it, like, this was something I had to go back and double check, because, and I don't know if, if maybe I missed it, I don't think I did, but I'll ask you as well, like, because, like, I was thinking maybe this was just off camera, but, like, clearly the doctor now is gravely injured, like, she's on her deathbed, basically, and she's having her last words to Jiro and I was just kind of like did I miss something like did the spider string like poison her did one of the dark guys stab her like I I don't I don't there there was never an isolated scene where we actually saw to my knowledge like you know the Dr. X basically getting killed but yet when we cut back to her it's like <gasps> can't go on got to tell you something before I die and then she like basically dies, you know. So. Yeah, I I thought I'd miss something too, but I, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think so. I I I went back and looked at it a couple times. I mean, basically, like the the conversation they have is just tantamount to was that is Kenichi really my little brother? And Kakata's like, I don't know, fooled you, you know, like <laughs> kind of like basically, like because he he's obviously not a hundred percent sure, you know, and he's like, but he he kind of does this kind of like double talk where he's like, isn't somebody everybody's little brother? Like smiles and she's like, yeah, somebody is everybody's little brother, and then she like quickly like lowers her head and dies, you know, and it's kind of funny. That that's that's kind of how it ends, and then and then Jiro is basically riding off with all like these little Gamera school children, like you know, yelling after him because he's he's leaving the school and stuff. And then I think you know Masaru, rightfully so, is like, "What the fuck, Jiro? Like, why are you leaving us behind again? Like, clearly Dark is after me and my sister too. Like, you should totally be fucking taking us instead of doing your loner." super cool shit or whatever and like Masara's like come on man you left us here again like what is this shit you know so I, I kind of feel for Masara because at this point I kind of agree with him I'm like come on this is bullshit you should totally stick us in the sidecar like why are we being left here again but yeah that's that pretty much ends it and then the, the next time we're going to be seeing Red Condor as the next Dark Destructoid is what they say in the follow up credits but I guess overall Justin like what were your your thoughts on this episode with Carmine Spider I liked it I mean even though I think Carmine Spider is just a little bit goofy like I thought it was a good episode like it it had some really good humor with Hattori Hempe there at the beginning and then you know there, there were some pretty good fights and then I I liked that fight at the end where you know, you, you think the spider is going to, like, pull the sidecar, like, back, but, like, you know, Kikata, like, totally uses that to, like, spin around Carmine Spider. Like, I, I thought that was pretty neat. There was one thing that, like, I, I noticed and you didn't mention, but, like, some of the dark destructoids, like, instead of saying dark, 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 they say gil, gil, gil. Did you, did you notice that? No, I totally missed that. Like, so now they're, they're, they're switching up their, yeah. their chisnit on us. They're, they're saying gil instead of Maybe now that, like, Gil, like, straight up, like, you know, murdered one of them in front of Dr. <laughs> X, they're like, oh, shit, we better chant his name now instead or something like that. I don't know.
yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much enjoyed the episode. I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's interesting. It seems like, like somehow like having a spidery type villain is kind of traditional for some of these shows. Cause yeah. you know, obviously like, you know, I, I know we laugh about it, but in the original common writer, you know, he, he does fight Spider-Man, you know, like, even though I laugh about it, but like, it's not like, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, but you know, a, a bad guy named Spider-Man or whatever. So like there, there's those aspects where, you know, and, and even in, you know, it made me think of, you know, we, we recently talked about Kamen Rider Amazons too. And there, there was the spidery villain in that, that was also influenced by the original Kamen Rider Amazon. So it seems like having a, a spider type villain in uh, tokusatsu is is obviously kind of traditional at this point so it, you know obviously like you know yeah the silly string is kind of cheesy and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. but you know in some ways it's like like we're always saying it's like kind of we're lovingly pointing it out but also it, it is kind of awesome so there there's definitely that aspect to it man that that teacher was hot i <laughs> i she was cute like i was like man i wish i had a teacher like that <laughs> Well, let me just give you a little bit of, of trivia about her. The young teacher of the kindergarten school was played by Ritsuko Fujiyama, an actress from the Japan Action Club, who specialized in villains in several tokusatsu series. Among these roles, she played... She was Amazonas in Spider-Man. You, you know what's funny is she wasn't Amazonas in Spider-Man. I think, I, I think I think that that part of it is lying to us, because like, <laughs> I thought... Like, because th this is the thing, like, I looked at it because I figured I knew we were going to read stuff from the factoids. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think the only factoid on the actual DVD is the one, you know, how we laughed about how Hattori Hanpei is called Hanpen? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like they say in this episode, even Jiro calls him Hanpen, you know, which is basically, like, calling him, like, fish cake or whatever it is. But, like, here, take a look at this link real quick that i'm going to send you because i i wanted to double check it because i kept looking at her and I, I i you know obviously like i think the the lady who plays amazonas is is a pretty lady as well and she was on a bunch of different shows that i've seen like battle fever j and stuff but that actress's name is yuki kagawa not ritsuko fujiyama so like when and and it's weird because they say both of these were written by august rangone but, like, I thought that that website just took the factoids from the DVD and, like, typed them up online. But it looked like the only factoid on Episode 8 was that factoid about the whole handpen factoid. And the rest of those must have been put in there by somebody. But, like, in if you look in that, that thread, you can see August Rangones basically just saying, oh, you know... This is not the same lady who played Amazonas, but it is the same lady who played uh, General Zenobia in Dynaman, or played like that evil nurse in Battle Fever J. Like I, I sort of remember the nurse because she like turned into a monster or something like that. So, hmm. but because they, they, they were saying she specialized in playing villains eventually, yeah. and in this she seems really nice. Like she's like a nice teacher and stuff like that. So. And, and she's also nice on the eyes as well. So. <laughs>
but yeah, I, I, I felt like Facebooking um, August Rangone. But then, like, the more I looked at it, like, it, it's kind of obvious that it's not the lady who plays Amazonas. Because when I was looking, I freeze-framed, like, a couple of the images and was like, is that? And I was like, no, it's not. Like, that's not the same lady. And then and then when I was, like, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, clearly it's not. And then I found that thread where he says, oh, no, it's not the same lady. Like, I don't know where you got that from. And I'm kind of like, maybe they got it from that website that has your name on it, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, but yeah, I, 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 but yeah. This misinformation is clearly a dark plot. (laughs) It must be. It must be. Yeah. I was like totally confused at first, but yeah, they're, they're both lovely ladies, lovely actresses and stuff, but they're, they're clearly not the same actress. So that's, that's all there is to it. So I guess uh, unless anybody has anything else to say, I think I think this will wrap up this episode of Kikaida. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Toku Thursdays, our continuing ongoing index coverage of the Kikaida Tokusatsu series. You can also email and contact us with questions and or concerns at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and we appreciate all the likes and feedbacks there. We are on Stitcher Radio where you can stream our episodes. We're also on iTunes and we'd appreciate any feedback over on there. Apparently feedback and reviews on iTunes in particular help get the shows found better. So we would appreciate any written reviews over on iTunes. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, switching off. This is Justin. And now cue Mike to say, dark, 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 or Gil, or whatever, if he's still there. Dark, 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 dark. Listen in. Yay! You can randomly go dark, 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 dark. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Yeah, I totally didn't notice they said Gil. Do, do they say Gil after he blew up the one guy? Or I noticed it, like, um, towards the end when the, like, they were all attacking Henpei and the boy and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. They were actually going, like, Gil, Gil. I should go back and look at that. I didn't notice that at all. I was too busy, like, noticing that they used, like, the same stock footage of, like, the cheerleader stuff where they all jump on each <laughs> other and, like, try to take them out that way. I was like, that didn't work the last time, dudes. Like, I don't think it's going to work this time. Um, that uh, Henshin Online thing said that they also said Gil in the last episode, but I, I didn't notice it the last mm. episode. Okay, okay. Yeah, now, now I'm like, well, now I'm like, 
I, I felt compelled to double check that Henshin Online thing because I'm like, it says it was written by August, but then I'm like, well, wait a minute, you, it's like that that one thing was clearly wrong, and then in that that message board thread they corrected, you know, or he basically said, I, I don't know where you got this from, but they're two different actresses, and I was like, oh, okay, well, like my eyes clearly told me like it wasn't the same lady because I was like, that doesn't look like the lady who played Amazonas. I mean, she's pretty, but she doesn't look like the same lady. Did you watch, um, because that, that was the other thing I was wondering, like, because like, they said she was in Dynaman, and she was also in, um, what did they say? It was like Dynaman, uh, oh, and Jack, yeah, or Jacker, or whatever. And I was like, huh. No, I've only seen the first, like, ten episodes of Dynaman, and I, I know okay. I've not got that far in Jack or anything. Okay. Yeah, it seemed like she was in tons of um, Super Sentai, this lady. So, 